0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Now, while I'm hoping that all of you are familiar with Audible.com, and especially with everything that's going on these days, I'm really hoping that, that you are listening to audiobooks. Uh, what you might not know is that they have a lot more than audiobooks. Um, they've got podcasts, Audible Originals, news, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so if you aren't currently using it, Grab a free trial. Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth and check it out for yourself, see everything they've got that you can listen to. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for business and entrepreneurs. Uh, we are on uh, Forbes.com list of 12 business podcasts that uh, everyone should be listening to, which I have to say is a huge honor Uh, We've also shown up on on lists on uh, Inc.com, MSNBC's Your Business, uh, People First, Proven. uh, It just goes on and on. And I am tremendously grateful for that. And I also know that it is really because of the guests. These are folks who join me for a conversation. They have expertise in a particular area of business. And they join me to share that expertise with all of you. That way, you can get the information you need, the answers, ideas, suggestions, tips that you need in your business so that you can do better things. Today, we have such a guest. My guest today is James P. Friel. James is an entrepreneur, consultant, and author who helps entrepreneurs systematize, grow, and scale their businesses by getting them out of the day to day operations of running their companies, leaving more time. Money and freedom. Since leaving his corporate position as global head of digital strategy for HSBC Bank in 2011, James has simultaneously run multiple seven figure companies and consulted with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and executive level staff at companies ranging from Fortune 500 corporations to smaller. Thanks so much for joining me today, James.
2: Well, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you.
0: Well, I am thrilled and we're going to be uh, talking about uh, a lot of what's in your bio about helping people, you know, get out of that day to day, you know, so, so I am, I want to start with what does and doesn't grow and scale a successful business, if you would.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the, one of the things that I've seen is people start a business or take over a business because they love what that business does, right it it's a good idea for a product, it's a good idea for a service and and they're you know they have a, a passion or an excitement for it, and that passion and excitement kind of creates a uh, a a situation where as the business grows they they encounter all sorts of new things that they have to be doing now we have customers that need to be serviced, we have bills that need to be paid, we have employees that need to be managed, and all these different things. And if you think about it from like a, as if it were a pie chart, when you first started, the amount of time you could put into the thing that you were really excited about or the thing that you thought was a really good idea is a decent chunk of that pie. But actually, as you become more successful with the business, the amount of time that you can spend on that thing that really was the catalyst for growth becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And so what we need to focus on is how do we get things off of people's plates that aren't the primary drivers of business growth. And that uh, generally is one of the fastest ways to continue that path of acceleration is because if we can focus on what's really growing the business, the, the, the passion behind the thing, then we can move quicker without all the encumbrances of everything that goes along with the success that we've created.
0: Okay. So I totally get that and I just keep thinking that there are people um listening who um who are feeling like this overwhelm, right? That yeah. they're sort of losing control. They're losing control of their business. They're never home. Like you know, their family thinks they're the mailman. They they just because they are right. like hardly ever there. But they also feel like because of all of that 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 they don't necessarily have time or don't know where to start yeah Shifting or changing, so you know what would you say
2: yeah it's it it is a uh it is a situation where it can be overwhelming and I know uh years ago, you know after I had left my corporate job and started my first consulting companies um I found myself in the same situation and I wasn't going into an office I was working from home, but I was still working seventy or eighty hours a week nonetheless, <laughs> and you know at the time I happened to be living in this really nice condo on the beach, but I never got down to the beach because I was just chained to my desk the entire time. And, uh, and so I, I, I relate to that um, more than you can possibly imagine. And one of, one of the things that really, really helps unlock this situation, because you got to find like, okay, where what's the first thing that I can do to start making this situation better? And I think a lot of times we get into overwhelm when we're focused on solving the entire problem, as opposed to how can I make this better right now?
0: Oh, that's um, interesting.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and you know, it's funny because strange story. I don't think I've ever even actually talked about this before, but my, my dad, uh, when I was a kid was an auto mechanic and his garage always had, you know, tons of stuff all over the place. And he would go in there and be like, I can't find anything. And I would, I I've just always enjoyed organizing things. And so I would organize the garage and get everything back to where it was. And he's like, well, how do you do that so well? And I was like, well, I just start. I don't worry about how the whole thing's going to work out. I just know that this stuff needs to go here and you start taking steps and eventually you kind of solve the clutter and the problem <laughs> and get everything organized.
0: I love that. It's 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 so great. It's just start here instead of starting at the end. That's right. Right. Cause it's so big. Like you look at the end and you're like, I don't even know what to do. Well, there is a first step.
2: There is a first, there is a first step. And so I'll share with you, um, what, what the first step needs to be in, in this situation is most of the time people are thinking about, well, what, you know, here's all these things that I'm doing that I wish I didn't have to do which is a very natural response to the entire situation. Yeah. But if, if you look at it from the complete opposite angle, take 180 degrees and say, okay, what should I be doing? And I call this exercise the big five. And most, uh, most people can distill what they have to do, what they should be doing, the highest and best use of their time into three to five major buckets. And so my, my theory is figure out what are those big five? What should I be doing? And then put that at the top of a list and say, okay, these are the things that I know when I focus on these things, the business grows, good things happen for my customers, and I'm in a state of flow where I'm doing what not only what I'm good at, but also what I enjoy. And then below that five, write down every single other thing that you're currently doing that is not that big five, right? And that list might be six through 10, or it might be six through 110, right? Right. And, and, and it very well could be long, depending on sort of how long you've been holding on to all of this stuff. But when we go at it with that approach, we're kind of putting ourselves in a situation where we're forcing the displacement, at least from a, uh, an understanding point of view at the beginning, What should we be focused on? That means all these other things we shouldn't. And we actually start to enable ourselves to figure out systems and solutions and ways of doing things to get those other things off of our plate. Because now we have a target on the wall. And that target on the wall is, these are the five things that I want to focus on, that I should focus on, that are really going to move the needle for my business.
0: I really like that. When you were talking about it, I was thinking about, I was doing a a training and this, and that was one of the exercises was write down everything you do. And then um, the next part was, are you the only person who can be doing that? And this one woman had pages. And I only had so many lines on the page. So I right. said, listen, if you've got more, you're going to have to turn it over. And, you know, and she had pages of stuff. And so we all just sort of looked at her and said, okay, I'm pretty sure you can let some of that go. <laughs> you know, <it's> just like, <laughs> no doubt. Dude, What? you know, and she did, she learned to start, you know, getting, letting other people do the things that they are perfectly capable of doing that she should not be doing. And so I hear exactly what you're saying. That just keeps ringing in my head.
2: It's and it's easier. It really is easier to think of what should I be doing at first? Right. Because those are, and those are typically the things that you just have like, you know, either from, from past experience, an intuitive feeling, a belief, you're like, I know if I talk with more of our customers, I know if I focus on our message, I know if I, you know, create a better customer experience, whatever those things are, you already kind of know those are the things that you want to be focusing on. Cause you know, they'll make a difference. It's just all the other stuff starts getting in the way. Right. So I'm saying put those front and center, yeah. and then we can talk about step two, which is how do we get rid of all the other stuff?
0: Yeah, right, right. Because you're you're just you're separating them, and you can see it then, right? Yes. Then it's really clear. I get it
2: exactly. Because otherwise, everything is sort of all mushed together in one gigantic
0: yeah problem. Right, right, yeah. right. Do you think that, uh, or would you agree with this that? Um, People, leaders have a tendency to do that because either because they were the ones doing it all at first or because they don't think other people are going to do it as well. 100%. As really?
2: Yes. I think people hang on to stuff um, for those reasons that you just described. And, and most business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, myself included we tend to be a little bit more on the control freak side of the spectrum. Yeah, boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and, and, and some of that is, you know, you know, we laugh at it and we're like, oh, I wish we weren't like that. But also the other side of the coin is sometimes that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Because we, we know how things should be, but when we believe that we're the only ones who can do it, when we believe that, you know, we have to take work back ourselves and always check up on things and micromanage and all those other things, then we become bottlenecks in the system and not letting it actually function effectively.
0: Yeah, right, right. And that, that is, I heard somebody say once, the bottleneck is always at the top. Yeah, 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 that's it's, great. I, yeah, I think it that's, is. That's, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, right? You hear it, and you go, that's right, it is. Yep. Yeah. And I can say, because I I'm, I'm definitely have that control freak problem. Um, but when I let stuff go, It is liberating, you know, and it's got to be with someone you trust. It's got to be with someone who is good at what they do and wants to do the whatever. But I'll tell you what, it just sort of opens up your brain to the things that you really should be spending time on. Uh,
2: Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, there is a art and science to doing that as well, right? Because there is a tendency sometimes for us also not just to be, you know, kind of on the control freak side of things, but to have a little bit of this all or nothing personality type where we're like, okay, I'm either doing it all, or I'm not doing anything with it. And there's a big difference between delegation and abdication and just throwing things over the fence and hoping and praying that things get done effectively. And that's not really a, a viable solution. And so one of the things that, I think is important to understand with this is that you typically, you know, you have that list of things, you know, six through 10 or six through 20 or what, however long it is, those, you need systems to get those things off of your plate. And for a long time, I thought I just needed uh, a a clone of myself, (laughs) right? Oh man, if they, you know, they, if they could just clone me like five times, that would be amazing. But we've, you know, we've, we all know that's not, possible. And even if it was, it would probably be disastrous like that movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. And, <laughs> and so what we need to do is we need to be replacing ourselves with systems. And systems are a combination of people and processes and tools. And, and I, I believe that when you replace those things that you're doing with systems, one, you have a greater level of control over them but two, you can get good people to plug into a great system much easier than you can find the unicorn person in the world and get them to run with it when there's no system that exists.
0: Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to I go a little deeper with that. Okay?
1: Sounds uh, cause, good. Because
0: that, that's, that's, excuse me, fascinating to me. Uh, accelerate your business growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com as i am hoping you know audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information and while they do have thousands of titles to choose from they also have audible originals podcasts guided meditations and more uh, I know for myself, uh, one of my favorite audiobooks is Gleb Sapirsky's book, Never Go With Your Gut. Sounds a little counterintuitive, but it's a really good book. Uh, and one of my favorite things is being able to listen to it anywhere. Uh, like I can listen to it in my car. And when I get out of my car and I go into my house or office, I can pick up right where I left off, uh, which is awesome. I don't have to try and find where I was or anything like that. So um, I think it's great. I think you will too. And uh, in order to find out, uh, I'm going to offer you a free trial. So go to audibletrial.com slash business uh, get a free trial and explore the variety. See what's there, see what fits for you. And I think you're going to find there's an awful lot of content uh, that you could be enjoying. Today we're speaking with James P. Friel about how to stop being the chief everything officer. I just, I love that. Okay. So I love this idea of having a system for shifting. Um, I'm wondering if like we could pick one thing that a lot of owners do that they need to turn over to somebody else and sort of give an example of what that would look like.
2: Absolutely. And there's, cool. you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things to pick from, but one, one area where I think there's a lot of potential for bottleneck is, uh, especially in, in service based businesses, onboarding new clients where, you know, okay, I run, you know, an agency or I run you know, uh, a mastermind or I run, you know, uh, I was talking with a guy yesterday who runs a really large HVAC business. Oh. Right. And there's, there's all these businesses where there is a big service component to it. And, you know, right at the beginning, you know, you make the sale. That's amazing. Now, how, how do you onboard that client so that not only do they have a great experience, but you can get them into your, into your world more effectively And, and a lot of the people that I talk to in this one particular area of their business, things just pile up. They're like, oh man, you know, we, we signed all these deals, we did all this stuff. And now how do we actually service them? How do we deliver on that? And so the onboarding process, I think is something where if you say, okay, great, let's systemize this. Who are the people that need to be involved? What are the processes that they need to follow? And what are the tools that we're going to use to support them? So a great, a great way to think about this is, you know, I, I can say, let me document the process. When somebody signs up as a client, first, you know, first, we need to collect all of this information from them so that we understand where they are. Second, we need to give them access to these resources. Third, we need to get them scheduled. You know, fourth, we need to make sure that we have a plan in place, right? That's the process. I don't need to be the person who's executing that process. I need to get that process out of my head and then make sure it's clear enough that somebody else can execute on it. And then when we add in the third component of a tool or a technology, how how, how is that documented? How do we know? Is that a project management tool like Trello or Asana or monday.com or one of these? And so we start with understanding the process. Then we look at, Who is a capable person of following this process and what tool can we use to set this up so that everything runs efficiently?
0: Thank you so much for that. I think that is a great example. And I think that one of the added benefits of that is that once you have these things documented, it makes it easier for people to teach each other, to step in in an emergency to cross train, right? right? So, so you get so much more depth in your organization.
2: Well, that's absolutely right. And it's more resilient,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: Because if, you know, if, if we have a situation where everything we have is either trapped in our heads yeah. or through some sort of tribal knowledge information transfer, somebody else happens to know it, what happens if something happens to us? What happens if something happens to them? Right. Right. What happens if they want to go on a vacation? right? All, (laughs) most entrepreneurs would like to go on more vacations than they're able to go on. Yeah. And part of the reason that they can't is because this is, this type of stuff is trapped inside of their heads. And, and I I, I would like to go back just for one second to say, start, start with one thing, right? You have your big five that you're trying to get to. These are the things that are really going to move the needle that drive your growth, drive your passion, all of that stuff. And now you have this long list below that. Don't overcomplicate it by trying to systemize all of those things at once. Like that's, that's going to ah, be,
0: that's a great point.
2: Cause you, you're going to be like, oh man, now I, I got I got to create all these systems. And then that's going to be the next level of overwhelm. And so yeah. just chip them off one at a time in order of the things that are going to give you back the most time that you can create a system for With the least amount of effort and get somebody to run at a cost-effective rate and that's the sequencing in which you should do those things
0: boy that's terrific that is really a a great uh piece of advice thank you definitely now i i want to sort of um i guess turn it around and and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Do you think it's important for like the CEO of a company to know every department, how every department functions and measures and sustains growth?
2: Over the long term, I think that's not realistic. When, depending on the phase that you're in, if you're starting and you're starting to build a team and starting to grow, chances are you're going to have more intimate knowledge of how everything works. But as you become more and more removed from what's happening from these things. The thing that becomes important is that your intimate knowledge of how everything works is now substituted by measurement to just know that it is working. And so the, the bigger the organization is and the, and the more distance between you as a CEO and you as the owner from the things actually getting done, the more important it is that we have good measurement in place to say, are these systems actually working and what are the measurements that we're looking at to ensure that we know whether they're working or not.
0: So that feels to me like um, it, it, it's about having the structure in place yes. so that you know like trust but verify, right? You don't have to know everything, but you do have to be able to look to make sure that benchmarks are being hit and you know what those benchmarks are and so that you can maintain that level of confidence that things are working.
2: Absolutely. It's the same as, you know, driving your car. You might have an idea how fast you're going, but you have a speedometer to make sure you know.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It's reminding me of uh, when I first left college and and got a job and my boss said, I used to go to him constantly and say, okay, I'm thinking about doing this. And one day he looked at me and he said, stop telling me what you're going to do. Just go do it. Right. Right. And then I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks later, we were going to a meeting and he and he said to me, do you know what makes me a good manager? That I have people like you who know what they're doing, so I don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that A, is very empowering for me because he feels that way. But B, I, you know, I've remembered it all these years and it was many, many years ago, that, that 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 managers don't have to know everything. They don't have to keep an eye on everything. They have to have people they trust people who know what they're doing and are giving them information as required and know that they can go you know, up the ladder if there's something going on that they really do need help with. But, but there's got to be that confidence and that trust factor.
2: A hundred percent. Yes, definitely. And I think a lot of that also depends on how well you've defined that person's role and what your, mm-hmm. what your expectations for that person are right yeah. so this, this is the role that you're in this is what i expect you to do here's how we're going to define success and most people feel a much level a much higher level of trust and confidence and certainty if it's clear what's what you know what's expected from them
0: right expectations and consequences it's one of those big things that not enough people establish in their business and then and then they don't have conversations around it for a variety of reasons and, and there's all and then there ends up being this,, um, like I think on both ends, this feeling of they're not living up to my expectation. Okay, well, A they didn't tell them what it was, and B, there wasn't anything attached to it. Right. So they couldn't tell where they were. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's exactly right. And there's all this unspoken stuff that if it were out in the open, if it were clear, the relationship would probably feel a lot better yeah. and the business would move with a lot less friction.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. It's just all that unnecessary. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate this information. I, I, I completely agree with you. I love the way you've laid this out and the example you gave. I think it is so clear for the listeners um, to be able to absorb these ideas in their own business. And and I think especially this idea of mapping out the five major things that you should be doing and then separating them from everything else so that you really get that clarity around where your efforts are best spent, really. Great, great um, information. So thank you for sharing it with us. Will you please let the listeners know how they can find you and all the things you've got going on, please, including your podcast?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you can uh, find everything that's going on at jamespfriel.com. That's F-R-I-E-L.com. You can join our Facebook group called Bulletproof Business, where there's a lot of content related to how to create a Bulletproof business, how to be a Bulletproof CEO. And if you're also looking for uh, other content to listen to, uh, if you like this podcast here, you probably like our podcast called Just the Tips. And you can go to justthetipshow.com to check that out. Sweet.
0: Uh, listeners, I highly recommend that you uh, take James up on all of those things because you can tell, you know, this is really great actionable information that you can use in your business to get it you know, really, where it needs to be. Uh, you know, there's really nothing more that I should have to say about that. Uh, and I would also like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. Uh, get your free trial of Audible.com by going to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth, and explore the audiobooks and the programs and everything they've got going on, and find uh, the things that are valuable for you. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
2: Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder
0: Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line?
2: Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
0: Oh, man. That's a tongue twister,
2: huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous
1: Walrus. The name your price tool. The Only a from Progressive. <laughs> the owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah.